guest. You are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports is Ordered. And I know it's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you without some dope takes and stats to step to. Mr. Logical is here. 2-5 is here. Your... College basketball is here. Check out 2-5 daily. Yeah, let's get serious. Tonight, but to be overloaded. We're going to start it off with get it off my chest as usual. We're going to talk about some NFL. There's a lot going on. You know, Mr. Logical's top 10 quarterback is out for the season now. Sorry, Mr. Daniel Jones. And then, is anybody out there surprised like me that Ohio State is still number one in the college football rankings? And I'm not saying they shouldn't be. I'm just saying I'm surprised they are. So, come fellowship with us. Let's get righteous. And let's, and let's get it off our chest. So I'm going to go ahead and get us started. Public enemy, yours. public enemy number one, the NCAA, the National Collegiate <laughs> Athletic Association, the toothless, spineless authority wannabe in college sports. Now, you know, they don't even they can't even do nothing about Michigan right now. The Big Ten is the one talking about punishing Michigan. Where's the NCAA? The NCAA had Arizona, Louisville, Kansas, and Oklahoma State all in trouble for the basketball scandals. Oklahoma State, the only one that got in trouble. I don't even know how that works. You know about Tez Walker. In North Carolina and how he had to beg because his grandma wanted to watch him play football and the NCAA wouldn't let him. Well, that ain't just all because I know I know a lot of y'all ain't gonna care about this. It comes from my hometown, so I'm just gonna get to this real quick, right? So Nenda Tark played for Coppin State last year. You know, he was an all MIAC freshman of the year, the year before. You know, he led the nation in steals two seasons ago. You know, he's a 12 and a half point point player with 5.9 rebounds to go along with it. He decided to transfer across town to Towson, which is not quite Baltimore, but it's Baltimore. They're a little municipality. They don't got no mayor. You know what I'm saying? So they're Baltimore. But anyway, so he decided to transfer over to Towson. Towson who lost four starters with their leading score transferring to Kansas. So dire straits over in Towson, Maryland. You know, Coach Pat Scurry doing a good job over there, but, you know, it is what it is. So at some point during the summer, Tark decided that he wanted to transfer to Nickel State down in Thibodeau, Louisiana, for those of you not in the know. He wanted to transfer down there. He never actually transferred. He never actually left. He never packed his bags. He never, I don't even think he visited. But what <laughs> happened was there was a coach on Nickel State staff who is no longer on their staff who enrolled him into two classes. He didn't enroll himself. He didn't go to the magistrate or the registrar or anybody like that on campus. This man took it upon himself to enroll Tark 
into some classes. So the NCAA now has Towson hostage as Towson is two days away from their season opener against Coppin State. And they don't know if they're going to have Tark or not. What are we doing? The dude didn't leave campus. He didn't file any paperwork. This coach down in Louisiana just decided to sign him up for classes. Why does it seem like we punish kids instead of institutions? So, like I mentioned, Michigan, all this cheating scandal going on. Now they're naming names. They named Purdue. They named or they named the Rutgers in Ohio State. But the NCAA has been quiet about that, and the Big Ten commissioner is handling this. You know, when, you know, like I said, Oklahoma State got nailed for the basketball scandal, but Kansas said, screw you. And the NCAA said, we don't want no beef. You know what I'm saying? Like, remember North Carolina and the whole, like, grades thing? And, oh, like, and they, they had the made-up need... classes. And, and yeah, when Julius Pepper was, was had a 1.8 GPA. You know, football players didn't know didn't know the alphabet. Yeah, and and, and, yeah. and the NCAA, you know, let them off the hook. You know, saying, but now when it involves a player, especially a player at a small school like Towson, now all of a sudden you walk us off with a big stick. We know you put the extender on. <sighs> Take the honey pack. I mean, we all know what the NCAA is. It's uh, it's theater. It's disciplined theater. The same way we go to the airport and security checking your bags. It's security theater. He wants to give the impression that we're tough on X, Y, and Z. It's not. Right. It's easy to punish Townsend because most things that the NCAA is punishing people for, there's probably something that a good lawyer could find to argue against it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't have the resources financially or you don't have access to these good lawyers, you're not going to do it. Kansas probably has a great law program. I know Michigan has a top law program. Schools like Georgetown, Northwestern, they have great law programs, so they have a good alumni. That's why a lot of, that's why these scandals end up coming out years later, because it's just scandal on top of scandal on top of scandal on top of scandal on top of scandal. Because in the as these things are brewing up, they can be squashed by a decent alumni lawyer, a decent local lawyer that, you know, is really close with the school. But if you're one of those schools that you can't afford it, they hammer you. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about the NCAA rules as far as like you moving up from FCS, you know, to FBS. And it's like you should be able to do that. But if you don't have a good enough lawyer to dig deep into the books to determine whether they're ruling against you is, is credible or not. See, that you could be a it. whole that could be a whole get it off my chest too because James Madison's sitting up here at nine and zero, you know, and right now they can't go to a bowl game, but there's a possibility that they could go to a bowl game if there aren't enough bowl eligible teams. But like, let's take let's take a school like say uh, Colorado that could potentially know, end the year five and seven and get a bowl game, and James Madison still won't. Yo, follow the money. It's a, it's a simple, it's a simple thing. Follow the money, follow the money. Yep. And what might get off my chest as we transition 
You follow the money. We talk about these NFL players. I want to give a positive get off my chest to Josh Dobbs. Yes, he did come into Atlanta, come off the bench after he got traded from Arizona. Who knows what they're doing to Minnesota in the middle of the week. So figure he got traded on Tuesday. He packed up whatever he had getting packed up in Arizona, headed to Minnesota, drastic weather change play style change, expectation change, because he was going to be the backup, definitely, when he got to Minnesota. Hall runs a play. Bates gives him a shove when he's being wrapped up down low, bounces his head off the turf. Now, they were going to send Dobbs in, but it was like, you know what? Let's send the field goal unit in. They kick the field goal, put him in a game. He had a couple of strange fumbles, a couple of strange turnovers. And then he just persevered, came back, broke his way out of a sack on like fourth and seven to get a first down and ultimately end up beating the Falcons 31-28. But this man's been on five teams since last season. He's moved from Pittsburgh, Detroit, Arizona, Tennessee, Minnesota. He was on Jacksonville a few years back. Remember, when he He was was on Jacksonville, Tennessee – Remember, he played that Thursday night game against Dallas. Played the Thursday night game against Dallas. Just getting thrown out there, getting beat up. But just the resolve and the intrinsic just resilience of the human spirit is embodied by what he's doing. He didn't hang his head when he got traded. He didn't hang his head when he was a third stringer. He didn't get hang his head when he came from Tennessee and then he was on the Pittsburgh's team and they keep putting him behind. Guys like Trubisky was behind Mason Rudolph. I mean, obviously you can be behind Ben Roethlisberger. But he just kept playing, waiting for his moment to come. His moment came in Tennessee. He thought this was going to be a year. He's going to be, you know, his moment came. And then he gets traded to, you know, he gets traded out, out of there to Arizona. So now he's a starter in Arizona. And he's starts eight games and they trade him for no reason to he Minnesota. Had him too competitive. <laughs> you know, maybe they was gonna drop to like a six top six draft pick, but they send him to Minnesota. I mean, the guy, the guy's literally a rocket scientist. It just it just it just shows you that some people's football paths are laid out a little differently. Deshaun Watson was a top high school player, top college player. He got drafted lower than people expected. He should have gone higher. Definitely should have gone higher than Trubisky, but he still won the first round. Still got the big contract and everything going. You know, Trevor Lawrence, another prodigy. Tua, Jalen Hurst slipped in the second round. A lot of these guys just have this path that's pretty standard. Cam Newton, yes, he had an unorthodox path in college, but first overall pick, goes to Carolina, plays – but for a guy who's a backup, comes in as a backup, and he's getting moved around a lot. He's getting moved around to the point where, as a sports fan, I was confused why he got moved to Arizona. I think he was competing for a starting job, and then with Arizona, he's definitely going to be a starter. And then he's there. He gets settled in to that weather in Arizona. And it's like, nah, you're going to Minnesota. Drastic change. But his ability to just continue to just persevere and grind through that is I know sports, we all we always talk about the superstars, but the unsung heroes really make your organization work. You're gonna have a lot of superstar head coaches, a lot of superstar wide receivers, a lot of superstar 
defensive ends and superstar owners and everybody wants to be in front of the camera. But the people who keep the gears going, who keep greasing that wheel, who keep making things happen, not even behind the scenes, but like make things happen right before your eyes, the offensive linemen, the, the tight end that doesn't get any targets, you know, like those guys are grinders. And Josh Dobbs is one of those kind of guys, that unsung hero. So I just want to give him his flowers and applaud him for just being an example. Like, listen, everybody's path is not the same. I'm not sure mm-hmm. how far it's going to go for him, but I know for a fact that a football game was played last night here in uh, New Jersey, and I'm pretty sure they would have liked a more competent quarterback under center versus what they have. Mm-hmm. So, you know. For for what it's worth, he definitely would have been he definitely would have been useful in a few different organizations. We talked about Daniel Jones, my top ten quarterback from last year, being out with the ACL. Tyrod Taylor went out a couple weeks ago and against the Jets, and they couldn't even throw a pass with their third string quarterback. Didn't mm-hmm. call one. I know it's raining, but I'm like, you have an NFL quarterback that you don't trust to throw a pass. That's weird. But Josh Dobbs, he would have been that third string guy, and he came right in, threw passes, rallied his team back. So there's definitely a spot in the NFL for him as an individual and definitely a spot in any any industry for people like him who have that perseverance and that resolve. So some of the Josh Dobbs. Yeah, and just in case uh, y'all wanted specifics, 20 of 30, 158 yards, two touchdowns, seven rushes for 66 yards and a touchdown. You know, just in case y'all were wondering. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I, I, I watched it play out. <laughs> so, yeah. So around the NFL, look, man, I don't know what was happening in the last two minutes of Philadelphia and Dallas. All I know is. Neither one of those teams wanted to win that game. Like they were just playing as if they were in the backyard, just tossing it back and forth, up and down the field, playing tackle football for the first time. It was odd. It, it was, was odd. Very odd. Like, <laughs> and the 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 thing that that blows my mind is like I understand people the the passion that Eagles fans have because I work with a lot of them. I see a lot of them. And then the passion of Cowboys fans, because everybody knows someone in their family. Like I grew up on the East Coast. I, like right. I'm a Virginia. I'm from Virginia, but 70s, 80s, Cowboys were on TV. Cowboys, Steelers, Redskins. You know, before they were the Commanders, Redskins. So my family is a like a hodgepodge of that. Like the East Coast team, not a lot of Giants fans, but there's a lot of random Cowboy fans in my family from here and there, but. You knew it was going to be a passionate post-game argument. I thought it was a good game. I didn't think anyone messed up anything. I'm kind of sick of the, these referees with these holding calls. It's like they got to have a meeting or something because, like, the defensive ends are too fast. You can't call every holding call on all offensive linemen. And mm-hmm. the wide receivers already get enough space. You got to give the cornerback something because I was watching Every game, because I was thinking to myself, I wonder who's tracking these stats. Because I watched, I watched the Miami Kansas City game. It was a lot. I watched the what game came on after that that I was watching. 
Baltimore, Seattle was on TV. I had another one on my laptop. The Buffalo Cincinnati game. It just was. It just was a lot of holding calls. Mm-hmm. The Atlanta, the Atlanta Minnesota game. I watched that. It just was a lot of flags for holding I, and passing. I saw one where like the guy clearly caught the ball. Wide receiver clearly caught the ball. Got tackled. It was a first down. The ref still threw the flag. It's like, dog, you've seen him catch the ball. It wasn't like he bobbled it. It was like, mm-hmm. ground. You got to help before you caught that. I'm like, why did you even <laughs> call that? It just like he just wanted to throw the flag. And then sometimes when you want a holding call, they don't call it. Right. Um, but yeah, at the end of the Dallas Philly game, I knew there was going to be something because, oh my goodness, this dude from Western Michigan just ran through the whole defense. That's well, I'm watching college play. basketball now. I'm watching Baylor yeah. and Auburn. Uh, Dak stepping out of bounds. It's just like it's a game of conversion. The fourth down, uh, where Ferguson caught it, but his knee went short. down outside the end. Yeah, like he was, but it's just those game short. of inches, right? You know, yeah. but 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 you know, but this this last drive was just nuts. So Dallas, you know, Philly punted after they fumbled on third down. You know, and we're fortunate Brown to get that rock swift. He hit him you so know. hard. Yeah. And and uh Philly punted. Dallas gets it at the 14. Philly then commits a pass interference. 36 yard penalty off the rip. 36 yard penalty off the rip. And then I think there was another penalty. Oh, then the roughing the passer on Hassan Reddick right after that. You know, right after yep. that threw the ball. They called the roughing the passer. So then Dallas has got all this momentum. They're down in the red zone. False start. And then How do you like, false start there? How did you? <laughs> I I it, it, I understand. Like I've never played offensive line. I never played top level football, but I have managed people. Why is it that you get down there? You football is not cute. It's not a cute sport. Just out at Kansas simple. City. <laughs> we'll get to My that. Goodness. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. get to that. Just l- figure out your snap count. Go with it. Stop trying to fool the defense to create a space. Use one of these 335-pound dudes to create space. I, I saw something on Twitter where 71 reported eligible. Um, I don't know what a miscommunication was because Dak looked over at the ref. And he and he pointed and he 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 did the wipe down. It's a weird thing. I understand that you have to do it. You have to like report as eligible, whatever the case may be. Right. But it, if you have a trick play built out of that, it kind of ruins it. Are you trying to get me to snitch on myself? Number seventy-one <laughs> is a tight end. Like, well, I can't call the play action and throw it to him. So you're probably yeah. better off bringing in a bigger blocking tight end in that case, to where he doesn't have to report. And you can still run. You can run your play if you have well, a guy, or or take an offensive lineman and designate him as a tight end for that week. I don't know. Whatever, well, you, whatever you got to do. But well, that, then to they, make they matters worse, Dallas up on that one. By then, then to make matters worse, about two plays later, Dallas got to delay a game. I get it. I think a delay a game should be a ten yard penalty off of stupidity. Yeah, just off of stupidity. And, off of stupidity you know, alone so Philly, should be a ten yard penalty. So Philly obviously held on. You know, Dallas didn't get the two on the previous score, so they had to go for the touchdown. It was a five-point game, so they had to go for the touchdown, and the pass fell incomplete at the end. So, you know, Philly got out of there with the win. 
You know, I don't know how they feel about it. Like, I mean, it feels good to beat Dallas, I guess, but, you know, definitely going to the film room on that one. Um, so Kansas City, Mr. Mr. Logical over here. <clears throat> texted yeah, I was me. texting you. I was texting you. Yeah, he, he was yeah. texting me. He, and all he said was, Kansas City need to stop trying to be cute. Trap, stop being cute, dog. What they do, dog? Tell us about it. So I'm trying to think, like, what? This is something that bothers me with Kansas City every every week that I watch them. Third and two, fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and one. You know, these 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 short yardage. It's like they want to trick the defense. You don't need to. Just give it a Pacheco. We know because they don't call quarterback sneaks with uh, not Russell, Patrick Mahomes, because a few seasons back, like his mm-hmm. knee got dislocated. Thursday night against Denver, yep. Yeah, knee got dislocated. They don't do the tush push in, and things of that nature that they do with guys like Daniel Jones and Lamar and these other guys who tend to run. Even though Mahomes is a big guy, 6'3", 6'4", they're like, nah, we're not doing that. So you are the defense already knows that that play is not happening. But that doesn't mean you have to do the pass because you know you're looking for Kelsey first because it's a, it's a tough down you got to get. And they just keep calling these like these sprint out pass plays or these bunch formations and Flipping run it. all these guys <laughs> in motion. It's like, yo, you need three feet. Everybody, every offensive skill player you have on your side of the ball is at least two yards tall. <laughs> You're all six feet tall. Just give them the ball, push up the field, lean forward, lean forward, get the one yard. It doesn't have to be a tush push. It could be can, from you can shotgun. get cute once you get the first down. Get the first down. It's like literally, yo, dog. You, as a running back, you don't even have to lift your head up. Like we're gonna go inside zone run, just run into the back of the center. If you run into him hard enough, he's gonna run into the guy that he's already blocking, and they're both gonna stumble. At least do this to the point where if you fell in between that in in between these gaps on either side of the center. If you're running your full speed from five yards back, you're going to fall forward that one yard, more than right. likely two. Unless right. a guy, and if the defensive tackle gets penetration, he would have stopped the pass play or the run play. So he just made it a good play. The likelihood of a, a guy making that play in that moment, if you all are fully aware, like, listen, we're going to just push forward, get this first down. And they just kept doing it. And like they're making these, they make these plays as if they have Tyreek still on the team to where they can, if they make a stop, we can get a quick score mm-hmm. on the back end. And they don't have that player. Those <laughs> guys have zero separation. Patrick Mahomes is throwing dimes because guys were literally, he would have like a one yard box to like get the ball in. Like this is all the, this is all I have. I got to get it right here. And he was putting it right there. Whereas I think he'd be happier if they had maybe a yard or two of separation on these out routes where he didn't have to squeeze it in because that's why I think he holds on to the ball because guys aren't open. Kelsey's getting bracketed, you know, but it was like they, they definitely sometimes when it, when it gets to the point, they just kind of rely on the fact that, Patrick Mahomes is a slam dunk champion and they want to do the behind the back through the legs 360 dunk. It was like, man, just do the simple dunk from the free throw line. Yeah, Tyreek Hill. 
Tyreek Hill, eight catches for 62 yards. You know what's weird, though? I didn't realize it in real time, you know, until, like, later in the day. And I was like, yo, Kansas City didn't even score in the second half. Not at all. They, didn't, and, they have 48 yards of offense. And, and yeah, so, like, that fumble return, you know, really saved the game, I guess. You know, uh, you know the, the, and replay with the lateral. Yeah, you know, Miami would have scored Miami. on that drive. Miami would have yeah. scored because they figured out that – not necessarily figured out because I don't want to say, like, there's any holes. They adjusted. Like, they made adjustments. They made adjustments like, yo, Tua just throw this – they were throwing, like, skinny post routes. They would do the play action. They they did all the window dressing in the backfield, and they would just – these guys would just run to the zone. Waddle, Tyreek Hill. Every time Waddle and Tyreek Hill was getting the ball thrown to them, they were in – like just basically sitting in a zone and maybe the safety could collapse on it, deflect it. But for the most part, they were getting, they were, they were getting open. And I think they were going to work that all the way down the field. If it wasn't for the screen, which I thought should have been blown dead. All right. So you, you ready for our ESPN moment? Let's hear it. What's your concern level for the chiefs? Uh, I think they lose their first round playoff game. I don't matter who they doesn't matter who they play. Oh, Cause, okay. Because unless it's the Chargers, I don't think the Chargers are gonna make the playoffs. I think they're good there. I think they're safe. I think Kansas City is gonna be the only team out of AFC West that makes the playoffs. Um, because can't because the Chargers are a bit inconsistent. They can rest the passer. They should be they should be way better in the standings than they are with the talent that they have. So that lets me. They should have beat Miami think, Week One. You know, yeah. you believe that. Like, listen, I I can't expect you to be uh, a viable candidate as a, a playoff contender uh, or championship contender when the playoffs come. I think they're going to lose because, and I don't think it's. I just when you can't, you can't pass the ball. They can't. Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony. Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice. Each one of them caught passes in the first or second quarter and got up and celebrated like it was the game-sealing third and eight conversion, and they were going to go back to the huddle and take knees and win (laughs) the AFC Championship game. I mean, legit. Sky Moore, like, literally he caught a pass wide open. He, I think he caught a pass. Jalen Ramsey was in they were in cover two. Jalen Ramsey didn't sink, didn't get a lot of depth. So he basically just ran to an open spot. Patrick Mahomes, super accurate, got it right to him. I think the safety came over, made the tackle. He got up uh, kicking. Uh, I'm like, dog, it is the second quarter. You were wide open. Make that catch when Jalen Ramsey actually gets the depth that he needs. And you got to fight his hands to get your hands onto the ball. Then beat your chest, kick this imaginary door down, pull down the ski mask, all this other stuff. Kadarius Tony broke two tackles on a, on a little dig route that he ran. He got up, ripping his teeth out, waving him in the crowd, putting it back in. I mean, it was ridiculous. It's like, dog, it is first down in the second quarter. But then when it came in the second half, I don't think either one of them saw the is football this, come is their this, way. Uh, 
Is this the Mr. Logical act like you've been there moment? No, it's just like <laughs> you're 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 putting on this show, mm-hmm. and it's like, yo, where were you at last week, Scott Moore, on fourth down when the ball hits you in both hands? You know, they got this guy, uh, I think his name's Watson, the tight end. They got him lined up as a wide receiver a lot. He was matched up with Xavier Howard a lot. I'm like, that's because they rather have the tight end run routes on a cornerback than to have you guys in there because you're where, unreliable. Where, where my guy, where my guy, uh, Nicole Hartman at? I don't know. You tell me. I don't get it. I don't. <laughs> so, I don't get. It. I don't get why he didn't just look at what Tyreek Hill did and say, "Y'all want to do that same thing? Give me so those routes." Had, so we just had a give me those routes. So we had a conversation last week, and I guess we should continue it. Buffalo just ain't getting over that hump, huh? No. Like I don't know what it is because when I look at them, I see talent, but. Do you? I think we, I think, hold up, hold up, let me get it. I think that I, I'll say I, I won't say everybody in the media and every, I'll just say me. I think I overrate the talent. You know, like when I look at Buffalo, so so like a couple of years ago, I had a conversation with somebody and they kept telling me like, hey, the Chargers are so much more talented than the Chiefs. Like the Chargers are so much more talented. They're stacked. And the Chiefs just basically got Mahomes. So why can't the Chargers do what Kansas City's doing if they have the better team? And at the time, I was just like, look, I like Keenan Allen. I thought he was overrating the person I was talking to. I thought he was overrating Mike Williams. You know, um, Eckler wasn't quite what he is now at the time. You know, so I was just like, I didn't see the difference in talent that he saw. You know, Kansas City had talent. It was just all on offense, you know. But uh, but when I look at the Bills, you know, I'm like, okay. So Tredavious White is gone. Milano's gone, you know. But, and my guy Elam, who was supposed to take a step forward, did not take a step forward. You know, me and you had a conversation a couple of weeks ago about Gabe Davis, where, like, I'm like, Gabe Davis is good, but I don't know if Gabe Davis is good independent of Stefan Diggs' presence. Yeah, but that's the thing. I don't think they – if they would – I just don't know. It's not that he isn't. I just don't know. If Buffalo would take the Kansas City – that playoff game they had against Kansas City where Gabe Davis had all those touchdowns, I think it was like three three or four touchdowns. touchdowns. Yep, yep. This dude's running for his life. Yep. Yes, incomplete. Um, and for those of y'all who care, Auburn, 43, number 20, Baylor, 40, starting the second half. So Central Michigan and Western Michigan football, 35-28, Western Michigan's winning, oh, 647 yeah. left in the fourth. I know I was watching yeah, the Ohio-Buffalo game. game. I was watching the Ohio-Buffalo game earlier, but once I saw Bruce Pearl, I had to change the channel. So It's been a lot of big plays, but the thing with Buffalo was that I'm not sure if they ever develop an offensive identity outside of Josh Allen's talent. Because sometimes you can have, like, New England. You got Tom Brady's intellect all those years. Smart quarterback. He's going to make the right play. 
but they had Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. They drafted him at the same. Like, who has two tight ends that weren't traditional blocking tight ends? Right. And turn and turn them into receiving tight ends, but still play both of them at the same time. So you're recognizing that Tom Brady is a good quarterback, get the ball anywhere, but you mm-hmm. also are bolstering your run game by being able to have two tight ends that can catch passes and block. So now you can run <coughs> Wes Welker in a slot. You can run a guy like Julian Edelman. You can run Amendola because your scheme fits the like the personnel, and you have the guys that can run it. Buffalo probably should have expended maybe a second round pick on a guy like Derrick Derrick Henry when Tennessee was kind of faltering the last couple of years, and like make that call. Mm-hmm. Like, get especially this, when it was out there that he was out there. Get get this impo- get this imposing figure. For instance, New England did not need Randy Moss, but when Bill Belichick heard I can get him for a bag of peanuts and a soda, let me call Oakland up and see what's good. And then they got him, and they, he had a you know historic year. You're not going to get that every time, but what you do get is you'll get that that boost to where now your quarterback you don't have to rely solely on him. You build around what your quarterback can do. We talked about it with Baltimore a lot. It's like you guys are out here just letting Lamar's talent be the your guiding point. It's like mm-hmm. he has exceptional talent. Get him other players where he doesn't have to go over the top. He can just now. I got to worry about Lamar. Shout out to because I got DeAndre Hopkins because I got Odell Beckham. Shout out to Odell Beckham with his first touchdown of the season. You know stuff like that, but you 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 have you have to do that even if you have a top talented quarterback. Mm -hmm. And I think with Josh Allen, he's one of those quarterbacks to where. They treat it like a high school team where it's like, he's, oh, because I, I got him. I got him, so I don't need to do anything else because I got Stefan Diggs. I got Josh Allen. I got Dawson Knox and, and Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid. So I, got, I got that squared away. It was like, well. But, but I mean, he's not Dante Culpepper, though, right? I mean, he is. <laughs> I, think he, I think he is. I think he's one of those. I think he's very dynamic. It's just a problem is that. He is once you figure out what he's doing in a game, that's it. So if it doesn't work early, like so him scrambling around, if he doesn't get that deep post or if he doesn't get that scramble play for a touchdown early in the game, then he just takes a hit. Like, yeah, I didn't like that penalty that, on him either. Which one was that? Oh, the point? Yeah, when he scored the touchdown. Like if that's There's the case, talking. if that's the case, give Tyreek the penalty for the Peace they, sign. They they started it after that. You know, like that's it's dumb. When Winfield hit him with the peace sign in the no Super Bowl. The the following year, they, I think they instituted it where you can't do that because college no has had it for a while. But college, you get it's a dead ball. Yeah, college will take the touchdown off the board. They'll take yeah. the touchdown. So like if yeah. you get it at the six, the penalty yeah. is from the six. So right. you get penalized fifteen yards from the six. So you, you don't know. get points, and you're back at the twenty one. So. Yeah, but I so 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 I think Buffalo like we talked about this last week. I think Buffalo needed that game just from a point. Now, okay, let me back up. That game does not change anything about Buffalo's season. You know, like they're I still. Think it does. I think it does a lot. I don't think it does. I think they'll still win the East. But Buffalo, you think they win the AFC East? 
Yeah. They're going to beat out Miami? They already beat Miami. You saw them bust that ass? But they're going to beat out Miami going forward. Who looks like they have a better trajectory? Miami with their scheme or Buffalo with theirs? What travels? I don't know because I just saw you, Miami. Okay, I just saw Miami I'm get an NFL to owner. points. I'm an NFL owner. I hire you to be like the playoffs start January 17th, whatever arbitrary date. He's like, listen, I got these players. Do you want Miami's talent and scheme or Buffalo's? Who are you taking? I'm taking Miami. So how do you think Buffalo is gonna beat is gonna win out the AFC East? Because Buffalo's scheme is beatable. Because it's basically you shell it off to where you make Josh Allen, you stop the run game. Because if they run the ball three times in the first quarter and they don't get 60 yards, they just abandon it. <laughs> 60, huh? <laughs> full, they just full on abandon the run game. So now you get it to where you double stuff on Diggs, mm-hmm. he gets frustrated. And then you make Gabe Davis beat you one-on-one, which you should be able to do if they would have built the scheme around the the their offensive performance in that playoff game against Kansas City. If they would have built on that, I think they'd be a better team. By building on that, it's like, okay, we got the pass game straight. They added another tight end, perfect. Get the running back. Even if it wasn't like Darren Henry, if it was a guy like Devontae, like, uh, Devontae Freeman, not Freeman, what's his name? Foreman. Devontae Foreman, who was in mm-hmm. Carolina. Um, some of these guys that can just come in and just pound the ball, get you those gritty yards. Well, I think they're, I think, so Miami's up by a game right now. You know, and Buffalo has a head-to-head over them right now. I think their schedule is about the same. You know, the problem is for Buffalo, the problem for Buffalo is their back-to-backs are tough. You know, like they got like Kansas City and Philadelphia back-to-back, for example. You know, uh, but Miami still has Dallas. They still have Buffalo again. They still have the Ravens at Baltimore. So, like, both teams – so the schedules are about equal. Buffalo has a first-place schedule that they're playing. I just think – And a lot of those teams are still first-place – caliber team that they have to play for the rest of this year but miami but miami plays the same schedule it's just a different order that's the only thing like miami already played kansas city miami already played philadelphia buffalo still plays them you know they both still play dallas you know uh miami plays baltimore so that evens up with you know buffalo's second or third toughest game so i think it comes i think it's a photo finish and i think buffalo wins uh i admire your faith (laughs) <laughs> anyway, the point that I was trying to make was that, like, I think they needed that game for a psyche standpoint, from the psyche standpoint, because. But that's what I mean. I don't think Miami's psyche is ruined from losing to Kansas City. So I don't know how Buffalo. No, I don't think back. it is either. But look, but but when I look at Miami, You're I look at who Buffalo they beat. needed it. Yeah. I look yeah, at who they, they. I look at who they beat, and the record of those teams that they beat. Whenever Miami plays a team, just like Dallas, whenever Dak plays against a team that has a winning record, for some reason, it just doesn't work out. Yeah, That's Miami against winning teams. This year. Yeah. I mean, this is the season we're talking about. And it's tough. But but Buffalo, when it comes to games that 
are these quintessential you need to assert your dominance game outside of your conference they tend to lose those two no like they'll win one they'll win one they'll get up for one game so they'll beat miami and then they'll lose all their other big games buffalo just can't beat cincinnati and kansas city that's all it comes down to. They just can't beat those two teams. And even though they went into Arrowhead and won last year, but they lost. It just, they it had just a, didn't. But, it just didn't matter because it wasn't the playoffs. But they have. They, but they have like the inevitable bad game where they lost to the Jets. But we've seen how like there's no reason for anybody to lose to the Jets. Realistic. If you have a top. <laughs> if you have a top. If you have a top quarterback, hey, Philly lost to the Jets. I mean, it happens. It's fluky, but oh, that's okay. why. It that's, but, but that's the thing. But that's that's the maturity. That's the problem with being too cute. Because Sirianni is one of those guys that gets too cute. That I think the gritty teams. I think a team like Cincinnati. Cincinnati doesn't do anything cute. I I've rarely seen a flea flicker. Flicker. Yeah, they just punch you their, in the mouth. Their fourth down plays are quick. It's like, boom, get it out. I just think that they are a little bit more that Midwestern gritty, tough, still mill kind mm-hmm. of team. And in in these games, especially if it's cold, like like I've lived in Georgia the last few years, it's been abnormally warm. Not a lot of snow. But if you get one of those games where it's snowing and cold, you want a team that gives the ball to the running back a lot. Mixon was not doing anything against Buffalo. I think every time he was getting a ball, he was getting hit at the line of scrimmage, maybe one yard. And it was, but at the end of the game, when they needed to grind it out, he was getting four or five yards of run because they stuck to it. Buffalo will get three, four yards of rush and then abandon a run game for a and quarter and a like half. A 60 yard pass for no reason. Third and two, <laughs> 60 yard bombs, or hey. come out first, second, and third down, a three and out and throw. And throw and throw the ball, throw bombs, or they well, run gotta, Josh Allen to the point they were they were applauding him for not landing on his right shoulder. Cosworth was like, he's doing a good job of not landing on his shoulder. I'm like, maybe he shouldn't be running if his right shoulder hurts to the point where he has to twerk his body around right. to land on his left shoulder. So, like, that's 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 all I'm saying. As so, you know, as I gotta ask you, you know, I gotta ask you, I'm listening. The world is ready for Mr. Logical's review of Taylor Heineke. I, I like the thing I like about Taylor Heineke is that he throws he throws the ball to well London was out last week, but he throws the ball to Pitts deep. He looks for he looks for the big play. He makes the big play throw. It doesn't always happen, but he does. If there's you know, a three receiver option. He does look for the deep throw. Um, the problem is that the coach is just so vanilla and bland. And he coaches like he's fearing for his job. He should be. But that's the thing. I mean, he shouldn't be coaching that way, but he you, should you, fear you, for you, his you, job. Because yeah, you should <laughs> you shouldn't fear for your job. You should go out there and, and coach and 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 you shouldn't still fear in the other team. There's no fear. The reason that Atlanta and B. John Robinson with this, this top eight draft pick, the reason he can't get off is because no one believes that Atlanta is going to throw the deep post route. Like they, they just, 
I've seen it. I think Vance Jefferson, his first game after they traded for him from the Rams, they threw it to him once. It got overthrown. They didn't call anything like it for the rest of the game. No matter what was it. I think it was against the, the commanders. I'm like, it worked. He was open. Call it again in some other format where you either max protects roll out and throw it again the next quarter or throw it with Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller, who was formerly with Tampa Bay, is one of the fastest guys in the NFL. He was a track guy. Small, you know, small, like a speedy Wes Welker. Right. Well, throw it with him on the other side coming the other way because the post with Vance Jefferson was from the right side, I guess from the Y, and he ran a post. Well, okay, call in the second quarter and run it with Scotty Miller coming this way. Like, make that call, and he never makes that call. Like, if it doesn't work, he'll try one time. He just won't try anything like it again. So Heineke is trying to make these other throws, and he's undersized. He's a backup quarterback. He's gritty, and that works, and that's good. But that's it's just good enough to make to get us to 6-11. and 11. 21 for 38, 268, a touchdown and a pick. And then he had the fumble that was, I think they turned, they, they reversed it, whatever. But yeah, um, like I said, I, I like the fact that at least he made a change. Mm-hmm. But the problem for me isn't the player, it's the philosophy. And the philosophy comes from the coach. So right, it doesn't matter the, if you're going to do the same thing. Yeah, I need the other Arthur to make a change. Not Arthur Smith. The coach, mm-hmm. Arthur Blank, Arthur Blank, the owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so along with uh, Daniel Jones, you know, we talked about the torn ACL. You know, Cam Akers also tore his Achilles. So, you know, he's gone for the season. You know, my guy, my Florida State, my Florida State guy just can't get right. But how about the NFC West? No touchdowns this weekend. Seattle scored three points against Baltimore. The Rams scored three points against Green Bay. The Cardinals scored three points against the Browns. You know, um, yeah, like no touchdowns. You know, without the 49ers, there were no touchdowns. It's – I was thinking – pardon me. I was thinking about Shout out to the Rams for bringing Carson Wentz in. Yo, why didn't the Jets do it? Because they're the Jets. Because Aaron Rodgers is out there throwing footballs. You know, the during Jets, commercial breaks. The Jets should have called Carson Wentz as soon as Aaron Rodgers got on the cart. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I was thinking about this. Dallas has a linebacker, number 14. I forgot his name. He's built more like a safety playing linebacker. Kansas City, ever since that Super Bowl they had with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have kind of figured out the Patrick Mahomes passing game. He still got his yards. Um, we talk about a lot of the MVP races coming up. There's no quarterback that's really separated himself with touchdown passes or just having an outstanding passing year, considering all these teams pass. I think Justin Herbert has less than 15 touchdown passes. Mahomes might be somewhere around 16 or 17. I think two was close to 20. Um, So all the, like, I think Trevor Lawrence still might be under 12. 
Yeah, they were off this week. So yeah, so he might be still on ten. So he's at nine. I think Lamar didn't throw a touchdown this week. Let's see. Well, no, he did. He threw the one to Odell. No, Huntley threw that. Huntley threw that. Yeah, Pro Bowl Huntley. Pro Bowl Huntley. Shout out to the University of Utah. Uh, so what I'm thinking is that I think the defenses have adjusted to this this passing this passing league by putting guys who are built more like safeties. Yeah, Herbert has 13 at linebacker. So I think Mahomes might have 15. He's got 17. 17. And he's played nine games. So think about this. The year he won MVP, he threw 50 touchdowns in 16 games. Right now, after nine games, he has 17. And they don't run the ball a lot. Two is the leader with 19. Josh Allen, 18, tied with Kirk Cousins, who is injured. He's injured, so he's not going to get any more. Then Mahomes, Russell Wilson with 16, Jalen Hurts with 15. Everybody else is below 15. Now, this is seven, eight games, or eight or nine games these guys have played. Well, Mahomes and Hurts, well, I think Mahomes and Hurts, the thing that stands out is their eight interceptions. Because I think the defenses have figured out how to defend these high-passing offense. So I'll put a I'll put a linebacker or safety. I'll put twelve more pounds on him, make him a linebacker, and that way he can still cover the tight end. Because now everyone's getting two tight ends. Everyone's trying to get the Kelsey, you know. So I'll get the two tight ends, mm-hmm. and then if I need to put this linebacker on a slot receiver, I can for my base defense. So now it's just when the quarterback looks up. He's seen just athletic bodies. And I think the number changes is probably throwing them off too. Cause you got guys like Aluacon, Tranquil, a lot of these guys around 20, mm-hmm. 23, 21, 22, 24, playing linebacker. So when you look up and they look like safeties and they look like corners, but they're really linebackers, it's like you, you come off of it quick because right. these numbers are very low. Like no quarterback is over 20 passing touchdowns. They're throwing Zach Wilson threw 49 times last night. That's Zach. He's a terrible NFL quarterback. Like since he's came coming to league, he's last in almost every major category. He's 37th in one category. And it's only been 40 quarterbacks to throw passes. And he's 37th in <laughs> yards per game over the last like three years. And right now I think he's like 30th, 30th, 28, 28, and like pass yards, yards per game, touchdown interception ratio, passer rating. So he's one of the, like, arguably one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, but yet they still call 49 passes for him last night. So I think the defense is catching up to where the offense is going. So, the, so, I think so what, what, year, what would a trade for him get you? Like, would you get like a fifth round pick for him? Now nah, you got to cut him. Just straight up release him, huh? You got to release him. Yeah. It, he, they, he, he doesn't have any trade value because. Nothing about the way he plays looks like he has improved. It just doesn't. It just even Trevor Lawrence this year only having having less than ten touchdowns, but he doesn't have the mistakes. He probably checks to the run play a lot more. He makes the third and eight pass conversion, but then still runs the ball in, and that's how they get their points or gets them the field goal range. 
Mahomes with the, you know, he only has 17 touchdowns, but when he needs to make the play, he makes the play. Or just don't make the play. Don't make the bad throw. Mm -hmm. Will Levis, like I saw something today with, uh, I guess, C.J. Stroud already has more passing touchdowns than Kenny Pickett Mm -hmm. in their career. Because Kenny Pickett doesn't, he doesn't stress you vertically with the pass. He's, he's like, feast or famine. Like, you know, because like all Pickens these, gets all a these, 50 yard touchdown or nothing. All these good defensive coordinators are figuring out I got to be able to stop Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Keep in mind, Joe Burrow threw for 82 yards in the game this year. Mm-hmm. 82 yards. All right. So, so let's stop there for a second. So, you know, we always get into the argument where I say we're not being patient enough with these quarterbacks. So you out on Kenny Pickett? I'm out on Kenny Pickett because I don't think he does enough to keep his wide receivers engaged. I don't think he makes I don't think he makes the pass that they need. I don't think he makes a smart pass, a sharp pass, on time pass that keeps these guys. Because it's going to be tough, man, to keep these guys engaged for 45 minutes while you turn it on in the fourth quarter. Third and eight, you're throwing it behind them, or these guys are open and you're checking it down, you know, just stuff like that. Like, you got to be able to make plays from your position, especially if you're going to have the ball in your hands that much. You got to be able to make plays. So I'm out on him because I don't think he can make plays because he has targets. And and we talked about it, you know, the, the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Browns, all five and three right now. Because it's all defense, it's all, all grit, five and it's three. all toughness. <laughs> but if, it, if, if you're in a game, excuse me, uh, and you, like, I know Kenny Pick has made some, some, a couple of fourth quarter plays, but it's a lot of, like, Tim Tebow-esque. Right, like right. That's game. what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Tim Tebow went two for eight against Kansas City in one game, but his second completion was a touchdown to Eric Decker, and they won. Yeah. Within another game, he'll go twenty-one for twenty-nine. But like you know, Demarius Thomas takes a slant in the in the playoff game, seventy-five yards for a touchdown, yeah, and it looks like he had a great game. Yeah. But really, it was like, yeah, you were nineteen for twenty-nine for one hundred and seventy-five yards before that. You, you know, I wanted five yard slant. You know, I wanted to poke my eyes out the other day. At what? I was watching a game. And I watched Mac Jones throw it 44 times and Sam Howell throw it 45. It, it makes all, no it sense. It was all the same game. It was all the same game. And, and, and New England only rushed 18 times. Brian Robinson had 18 rushes by himself. You know, and 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 not only that, but Ramonde Stevenson had a fifty plus yard touchdown run. They just it makes didn't no run, sense. They just it didn't just, run the ball. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like I sit here and like I said, I shouldn't feel like me as a guy, I've watched my kid play football. That's as close as I've gotten to play call. I've had the only person that I've had like genuine NFL or like play calls, football play calls with the terminology and the motions is my 14 year old son. 
And I was I did something on Madden. He was like, Oh, you just ran a Dallas con, you know, you just ran a Dallas route, whatever, whatever. You did this and this and this and this. So he's probably the only person. I think he was like eight years old. He had a wristband from one of his coaches. And one of the plays, he had like they had like 48 plays on it. They they were seven, eight years old. One of the plays was like uh uh twins right x over y slant z go on two like it was some crazy i'm like you guys are seven <laughs> and i was like what does this even mean he was like oh that just means the full back goes in motion this way and then this guy runs this route but he knew all of it but like that's the only conversation i've had like as far as like like throughout the years it's like with you know with my son so right. when i'm sitting there watching these nfl games i was like you have to know that Zach Wilson is not making it. It's, it's, it's some crazy stat. I think even the top quarterbacks like Dak Prescott, because like his win loss record when you, when he has to throw more than 40 passes, Baker Mayfield, another quarterback, if he has to throw more than 40 passes, um, the game with Cincinnati, not Cincinnati, but Tennessee and Kansas City last year when Malik Mahomes Willis threw 16 threw, passes. Yeah, yeah. And then Mahomes threw 16 61. passes and yeah. Willis threw 16. But it, they still needed Mahomes to run it in. I know they still only scored seventeen. Conversion, yeah, he ran both of those plays and he ran in a touchdown and he ran it in two point conversions. Like, so why are you throwing the ball sixty times? It's like, there has to be a hold. Three and a half yards per play, running the ball or any any way you get it, is a first down. Three and a half, you run it again, seven yards. Third and three, you get three and a half. That's the first down. So for these NFL coaches to not run the ball when offensive linemen love run blocking because they can do some of the dirtiest shit when they run blocking. <laughs> they can't. They get called for holding on your pass plays. Like, I hate it when I see a team go call a pass play on third and one and get called for holding. Now it's third and 11. Why? Why'd you, why'd you do that again this game? I get you can't do it every time, but why'd you do it multiple times this game? How about C.J. Stroud with the record-breaking performance? You know, 470 yards against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to say, thankfully, the Carolina Panthers owner made his money in tech, and he had like $60 billion or some crazy amount because he's doing a terrible job at managing his football team. I would have taken... I would have got up to two. I would trade up to two, and I'm taking CJ Stroud. I would have given up DJ Moore because soon as Chicago would have been like, "Yeah, we want DJ Moore," I'm like, "Cause where was Carolina? Carolina was already." I want to say they were at like nine. So they were somewhere in the top ten. Yeah, they were nine because the bull because because I remember uh, the Bulls, the Bears, <laughs> the Bulls, the Bears yeah. picked the lineman. Yeah. So. The Arizona was at two, uh, right? Yeah, you, you knew they weren't gonna, they weren't going to take a quarterback. Yep, Colts were I at four. Seattle was five. I would have traded up to two and let whoever was going to give Chicago the deal they wanted. Because you can't. How do you trade your number one wide receiver when you're getting an undersized quarterback? And he's we young too. Like he's he's not an old receiver. Like it's not like. I don't know, like hypothetically. I mean, he's not old, but it's not like it's DeAndre Hopkins coming off I all these him, injuries. I, I give him 26, maybe. Yeah. yeah definitely, maybe. definitely under 28, substantially under 28. Like, you know, 26 to 28 in NFL, is a, that's a lot of hits on your body. 
I think he's somewhere in the 25 to 26 and a half range. Yeah, 26. Yeah. Birthday in so April. So I'm getting I'm getting a five foot ten undersized quarterback. And I'm gonna give up my best receiving target. It just it was a bad deal altogether. No one knew CJ Stroud was gonna come out have 15 touchdowns in one pick in his rookie year and break rookie records and have a five touchdown game. Cause up until that point, he only had 10 touchdowns, one pick, but the fact that he hadn't had multiple interceptions, it's good. Uh, yeah, he didn't throw a pick for his first six games. Yeah. Know? So, so like, yeah. I mean, I think, I think he's a real deal. This whole Ohio state quarterback, whatever, what is that's, that's nothing to do with it. Like what you do at college and what you do in NFL, it's, it's almost irrelevant. Cause yeah, the old boy, uh, old boy state in, got now. I mean, we'll get Old to that, but you know, uh, Bajent, Tyler Bajent. Yeah, he's making this Justin Fields to Atlanta trade in my head. Well, start to you percolate. know, I was talking to, I was talking to, was, well, I, I shouldn't say I was talking to a couple of guys in the group were talking, and you know, it's always funny just to listen, read, like to know, read, like, read slash listen, because I when I read those comments, I read them in different voices. Because yeah, just, and. But but all, all I heard was how Bajent was terrible. I was like, I guess I'm not watching the same quarterback. Like, you know, like, especially considering the fact that he went to a Division II school. Like, he looks like he's ahead of a lot of curves or the Division three. I think it was Division three. yeah. He, he's, right, he's right in West Virginia. He, he's, he's ahead of a lot of curves. I mean, like, he looked more NFL-ready than Zach Wilson. He looks more NFL ready, keep it a bean, than Justin Fields. Well, I was going to get to that, but I wasn't going to say those words. But I, 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 <laughs> I, I watched it because I, I, I was going to play their games to see well, that. What I was so going to say, Justin to Atlanta. So I'm well, just going to try and get that was, out there. Well, what I was going to say was that he's playing like he really wants Justin Fields' job. That's what I was going to say. Um, That's the thing. I, I think the way. It's it's the same conversation when I had uh, when you talk about a guy like Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, Tua to some extent, Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson when he was in college. They just look different. Like what's what's the guy that was in um, Texas Tech that was throwing the ball to Michael Crabtree? Graham Harrell, right? Yeah. He probably should have got a better shot, but he got. I think he went to Green Bay, and you weren't gonna, you weren't gonna, you know, usurp Aaron Rodgers, right? But right. He, they they had this whole moniker that Texas Tech quarterbacks couldn't play in the NFL. Cliff Kingsbury, uh, I think Kevin O'Connell, I think he was a Texas Tech guy. Um, so it was this whole moniker, like, oh, in this narrative that you couldn't play in the NFL because you're a Texas Tech guy. What we're getting now is a lot of quarterbacks are getting. Former co- collegiate quarterbacks and getting one-on-one training. Like there's there's a, there's quarterback coaches here in Jersey that I can hire that will work one-on-one with my 14-year-old. So if you believe your son can be this level quarterback and you get him that tutelage that you know break it down to defense, cover two versus quarters versus cover four versus cover three versus band and what it looks like because that's all that's that's what it what it boils down to. If you can figure out that all of this movement means that 
this route is open because your arm is going to get you the ball. Every quarterback in the NFL could throw the ball 60 yards, wherever it is. They could throw it. If they're in the 40, they could throw it to the goal line, no matter what team it is, whether it's Tua, whether it's Josh Dobbs, whether it's Sam Howell with Tyler Heineke. Every single one of these guys can stand on the 40-yard line and throw the ball 60 yards. The guys who know how to win are the guys who know that I can throw this route 15 yards here because in this defense, this guy's going to go from here to here. That's film study, and that's knowing what that those type of defenses do or what this cornerback does. Like Jalen Rant, like, okay, if you know Marcus Peters, if he's in zone, he is looking at the quarterback the whole time. So if you can look him off, you can get it over the top of him because he is literally doing this. He's backpedaling like this. Feast or famine. So if you <laughs> if you know that, man, you know that if even when he's in cover three, he should be dropping all the way back. He's looking for the quick route because he plays on the Raiders. Crosby, Chandler Jones, when he was there, like they're getting to the quarterback. He knows, like, listen, this guy's going to have a little bit less time. Jalen Ramsey was feasting off that Von Miller Aaron Donald thing. That's why he was getting a lot of deflections and picks and things like that because he knew, man, you don't have three seconds. I'm not dropping back 30 yards. Why? I know your offensive coordinator called a play to where this route here, this underneath route, is what you're going to throw because you can't block Von Miller and Aaron Donald. Right. So I so I think once you once you figure that part out, Bajant looks like he's figured that out. And I mean he's going to get better at it. Whereas I don't think Justin Fields looks as you know looks like he's figured it out. I think his athleticism is can bail him out because you have to put a spy on, so you, that that takes a guy out of Run coverage. Defender out of yeah, because you 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 can't just go you can't go man coverage and put your back to Justin Fields, and then just blitz this linebacker because if he doesn't get through, he can tuck and go. Um. But you probably want your quarterback to be able to dice guys up. And I think if he keeps playing this way and Chicago's like, well, we're basically in a default rebuild anyway because we're not winning. Even with the trade, we're not winning, but they have valuable pieces. I think they have Carolina's top pick, Mm -hmm. which is looking like at least three. They got their own. They got their own. mm -hmm. And then you're going to get either – you're gonna get a you're gonna get Atlanta you're gonna get Atlanta's first or second round pick in a trade option potentially. You can get maybe the Rams if they have a pick if they can move for Justin Fields. Someone's gonna want Justin Fields if you make it known in whatever circles you communicate in that you're going to go for it with Beijing. Mm-hmm. So they can really if if you're willing to simply say let's pull this trigger. Even if you want Caleb Williams, if somebody else wants Caleb Williams, you can take, Ty, you know, this Bayesian guy. You might be able to put four. You might be able to get four first round picks in the twenty twenty four draft if you do it right. If you hire me as your GM, you'll have four. <laughs> so, so if it. you were the GM of say the Arizona Cardinals. Will Kyler Murray be playing this week? If he's healthy, I'd play him. I, I know don't you, see the point. You're not going to win. The team is bad. That's the point. Like, if we're not even going to win, what's the point? 
because I'm paying them $65 million not or something even, crazy. Two sixty. Not, not even win from the standpoint of like just individual wins or whatever, but the playoffs is gone. Like that ain't happening, you know? So like, why? Like, you know, and especially if. Do they own their first round pick? Or does Houston uh, have it? Who made they didn't make a who made a deal with Houston to get Houston two and three? Or did Houston make a deal with Arizona? I think Houston made a deal with Arizona. So Arizona has Houston's first round pick. That sounds right. I'll have to double check, but Okay. But go ahead. You you figure you're gonna finish somewhere in the Caleb Williams Drake May lottery, somewhere in that range. You play Kyler Murray and you get a little buzz. And we'll say Stafford's done. They come calling for Kyler. I know it's in division. Mm-hmm. Uh New Orleans, I think they might be said Tampa Bay. Does Tampa Bay feel like Baker's not the guy, Kyle Trash is not the guy because he couldn't beat up the guy that you didn't think was the guy? Yeah, Houston moved Bay up because they were already – Houston was already two. They got three from Arizona this year. Okay, so now – And that and they ended up getting Will Anderson. So now – and so Arizona has Houston's pick yeah. and they have their own, correct? I'm looking now. So you you think about a team, AFC East, does New England make a move? Is Mac Jones a guy? I don't know if they bring in Kyler Murray, but, you know, you're going to have teams that are going to want a quarterback that's been in the league for a few years. If you can showcase that Kyler Murray still has it, I think Tampa Bay would be willing to make that move. First, I thought it was going to be Dallas early this year, but Dallas is having a better season. Yeah, Arizona has Houston's. And their own. Yeah. Okay, so that's going to be three to six. Somewhere in that range. Does Minnesota. Well, it depends. If Kyler Murray come back and, you know, like they go. It'll it'll still be about three to six. Because he wasn't really, like, you got to keep in mind, he had. DeAndre Hopkins, what's who's the wide receiver threat? Hollywood Brown. They got hey, don't you disrespect Rondell Moore? Yeah, but he's basically just a, a different number in the Hollywood Browns uniform. Well, like they're the same. Well, the, well, the problem, well, the problem is, is that like they were already competitive with Josh Dobbs, so theoretically, maybe Kyler, Josh Dobbs just has that kind of that moxie. Maybe, that, but theoretically, blues. I mean, go to the strip club, come in the game kind of energy. I mean, shout but out the, to theoretically, theoretically, Kyler Murray would be an upgrade over Josh Dobbs. You know, so if so, if they were performing that well with Josh Dobbs, you would think that they could at least do the same. They could be equal. Yeah, but Kyler wasn't Kyler Murray notorious for just being like a blah kind of teammate? He didn't really. He I wasn't a rod rod. They start. Did they start seven and zero one year? The year that they, he Two threw the Hail Mary ago. against Buffalo, yeah, like uh, was that the, wanna... that might have been the year before? Okay, the year I, they I got JJ Watt because JJ Watt like maybe we're just better, maybe we're just better. 
Yeah, there was they, a year they, they started they've been seven and mediocre no. ever since that 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 viral sideline. And I feel like, like they finished. Better. I feel like they finished. They started seven and no and finished like nine and eight or like ten and seven or something like that. Seven, seven. Because they had the ugly playoff game against the Rams. I think they finished eleven and five. That was before it went to seventeen games, right? Eleven and five, eleven and six, something like that. So yeah, I think I they went four and six in their last ten. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so they had something like that. So I mean, it helps to get off to a good seven and zero start. But I just don't see. We all we talk about the whole Call of Duty. Yeah, you got to watch. You got to watch X Y Z amount of hours clause. Yeah, this might just be one of those things where they're just, hey, Kyler Murray's healthy. We'll take a third round pick for him. And you got to take his contract. So if you are, if you're the, if you're Minnesota, Kirk Cousins comes back. Realistically, it takes a year for an Achilles. Takes a year. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers out here acting like he's going to defy the odds. It's like, nah, dog, you got to scramble. No, he came out and said that, that like, uh, he just said a few weeks. Yeah, of course. Like, because we Yeah, we ain't stupid. We yeah, see people tell, like that ended Isaiah Thompson's career. Granted, it was like the '90s, but that's a serious injury. Like people don't just snap right back from it. Like I mean, part yeah. of the fun. But yeah, so yeah. I like I like I like where NFL is going. I just if I'm like I said, if I'm the GM, if I'm if if I could interview to be the GM of any team next year, and I think who has the biggest potential to make the splash. The Bears. I think the Bears really, truly have an opportunity to get. They can. They can legit have three, three, maybe even four first round picks in next year's draft. Yeah, and one of those first round picks might just be Marvin Harrison Jr. It better be if it's available. Who is now back to back on the number one team in the country, Ohio State. So I mentioned in the intro, I was surprised that they stayed number one because they're not in the SEC. So they came out here, they played around with Rutgers, was down at halftime. Kyle McCord still looks awful in the first half. You know, he doesn't look that much better in the second half, but he does look better in the second half. Um, And I thought they were going to get it penalized for playing a bad – well, Rutgers is 6-3, and so not a bad team, but like name-wise – People don't take Rutgers seriously. It was something like every game that Ohio State has played against Rutgers since Rutgers joined the Big Ten, they score at least 42 or 49 points, 42 points or something like that. That's good. So they've scored, like, not necessarily outscored them, but every single game up until last week, Ohio State had scored 42 points. And it was looking promising for Rutgers. I thought about going to the game, but last week I decided, you know what, I'm going to sit at home and not spend a penny, which I did successfully. I didn't do anything. I didn't internet gamble, nothing. Well, before we get back to Ohio State, you know who Rutgers got this week, right? Michigan? They got Iowa, baby! Oh, 10-9. All you need is 10 (laughs) points. No, they already lost to Michigan. Um, You know, that was Michigan's first Big Ten game. 10 uh, points, that's all you need. No, but but Ohio State, I, I thought they would get penalized because like normally if Georgia or Bama somebody plays this type of game, people say the SEC is tough. They overcame. They had the heart of a champion. 
you know, usually if it's a non-SEC team, we go, see, they're overrated anyway. But I think what it is, I think the reaction to Ohio State initially being number one is why the committee kept them at number one because everyone was like, Georgia, as I thought about it, should have been number one considering that they've been their back-to-back national champions. I get that's not the team that's on the field right now. But you haven't knocked the – you have no one's knocked them off the throne. I mean, it's like, it's like no one's come in and really said, I'm better than Georgia. Because can you look at Ohio State right now and definitively say, I think they're better than Georgia? All right, let's no. play a game. Let's play a game. Ole Miss goes into Georgia this weekend, and they win. How far does Georgia drop? To four. Why? Because they, they being, you know, sports, they want them in the nest. They want them – to have a shot and <laughs> because like sometimes your history does it shouldn't factor in but it does well your history, i mean to reputation. be fair to be fair old miss is number nine in these college football rankings so it yeah. wouldn't be so old miss to get up to like six and georgia fall to four but then but see but that's where it gets weird right because then what do you do with bama because old miss, bama beat old miss like does Georgia's win or would Ole Miss's win over Georgia trump Alabama's win over Ole Miss? See, the thing is, you and I, like we like in our pre-meeting, we had this crazy scenario. I don't know if we're gonna be able to play it out now. Yeah, we can do in it. Our, in our pre-meeting, we we had this conversation about if Ohio State loses to Michigan, but Michigan loses to Penn State, and you know, we have all these different scenarios. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. You wrote it down, let's do it. Yeah, but before that. <laughs> The committee will keep a simple question, an arbitrary question, a subjective question of, is is Ole Miss better than Alabama? No. Would you take this team over this team? And I, I think we, we, we have all these delusions of grandeur that they're going to make this most balanced and, and equitable college playoff. It's going to be the top teams travel the best. Alabama, Texas, Georgia, Ohio State, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. Those teams can fill. I don't know where the playoff games are this year, but if there's one in Texas, if there's one in Arizona, if there's one in Miami, if there's one in Tampa, those six schools, their fan base will be able to fill that stadium. If it's 70,000 seats or 80,000 seats, or even Texas and Jerry will probably position 100,000 seats. They can get 50,000 Ohio State fans and 50,000 Michigan fans. 50,000 Bama Bowls fans. Sugar Bowl. Those are the yeah, those Bowls, are locations. Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl national titles in Houston. Okay, so now you got to get Ooh, one, I might have two, to make three, a trip. four. To Houston? Yeah. Depends three on hours. what you get. Your, your ticket might be cheap. Because if, if you get, like I tell you the story about a, a co-worker I had that was he was from Alabama. He's an Auburn yeah. fan. Auburn played Florida State, and the championship game was in Pasadena. Well, yeah, you can get Bam- like you can get Auburn fans and Florida State fans to travel, but you got to fill the Pasadena, like the Rose Bowls. It took a lot, so he got those tickets for like two hundred fifty bucks. And him and his him and his wife flew to Cali, and then drove up for the game that was in Pasadena. But that was the week of. Because they weren't selling out the stadium because it was so far west. 
So now you got Washington and Oregon potentially trying to fill the Caesars, was it Caesars Sportsbook Stadium in New Orleans or the Mercedes-Benz <laughs> Stadium yeah. in Atlanta. That's 70,000, 75,000 seats. If you want to divide it green and crimson being, you know, Alabama, you, you got to get 35,000 fans, Oregon fans, from wherever they are down to Atlanta. That's going to be tough. But I can get 35,000 Ohio State fans. Mm-hmm. I probably got 8,000 in Atlanta already. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's that's always the kicker. And I think I think they factored that in. Because I remember when Utah played Alabama, Utah had like one sex with like 10,000 fans. And everybody else just was just college yeah, football fans. The, and then the Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, and that was a year, you know, Utah went 13 and 0. Shout out to the Utes. Brian Johnson, offense coordinator of the Eagles. Yeah, you know, the man just knows success. He just knows how to be successful. Something about that mountain air just makes you success when you leave. Yeah. So, um, so you want to run the scenario real quick? Just okay. Like that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah so we talked about it, but real quick, you know, finally, USC, out. USC fired Alex Grinch, you know, so we'll see what their defense looks like when they go to Autzen Stadium this weekend. You know, even though I feel I don't know, give what, up 42 points, I don't, I don't so. know what the protocol is. Like, are you allowed to fire somebody after a win? Because I feel like when they gave up 41 to Arizona and went to triple overtime or whatever it was, should've they should have fired him then. You know what I mean? Because like you fired him after giving up 52 to Michael Penix. Like, I mean, like yeah, Yo, you, you know what I mean. Look at the averages of their last like six games, man. Well, well, it's, it's, well this it's is like the funny 47 part. and a half or something like that. It's, well, well it's this bananas. is the funny part. I wrote this down actually. This is the funny part. So, uh, Washington's running back, he, uh, four years in college football, didn't have a hundred yard rushing game. And he ran for 250 last week against USC. <laughs> I, I would have fired him in the locker room. You know, but yeah, so all right, so yeah, so so this weekend you got the cheaters, I mean the Wolverines going over to Happy Valley to play the Nittany Lions. To play the Nittany Lions. Harbaugh. So let's say, let's say Penn State wins that game. They beat Michigan. Right? Now, two weeks from now, you got the game. Ohio State going to the big house. Now, let's say Michigan wins that game. You know, now you got. And Ohio State still, uh, Ohio State still undefeated going into that game. Yes, Ohio State still undefeated going into that game. So they end up, all three of them, Penn State lost to Ohio State in this scenario. Uh, Penn State beats Michigan. Michigan beats Ohio State. So they all finish 11 and 1. Me and Mr. Logical pulled our hair out. Well, I pulled my mustache, trying to figure out who would win the tiebreaker. And the way that that shit is written is just, you know, just uh. But we figured it out that the yeah, two best- men with bachelor's degrees and master's <laughs> degree programs, and I couldn't, I didn't understand what the, you're going to read it verbatim from. No, I'm not going to read it. I'm done with that. You got, like, you got, you got to read it verbatim because like oh it, it makes no sense. He's going to pull it back up. Like the way that it's written is just the way that it's written doesn't make. I was trying to figure out like what it actually meant, and I had two theories on what I thought it meant, 
and he kind of agreed with one, but not with the other one, because it's the verbiage could be more clear. All right. So okay, this is so from this it. is from the Columbus Dispatch. You know, so there are six tiebreakers in the Big Ten if this scenario plays out. The first one is the records of the three teams are compared based on winning percentage in games between the tied teams. So I guess that would, okay, so now that I think about it, I guess that would mean if, say. No, you think no, about it. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. Because I'm no, thinking I, like. No, I know, no, the, I know what I'm trying record, to say. It just Ohio's, won't I got it. I got it. I got so it. I got it. Records against the tied so teams. Say, so let's say Penn State. Let's say Penn State, or let's let's go Ohio State. Let's say Ohio State finished two and zero, so they beat Michigan and Penn State, but then they lost to like say Michigan State. Then you know Michigan's only losses to Ohio State, Penn State's only losses to Ohio State, so Ohio State would win that scenario because they got the tiebreaker over both of them. But when you add the third layer of this of them all no nah, i don't get it never they're, mind yeah they're all gonna never be mind. One, never mind one against each yeah, other right yeah they would be one and one against each other so, yeah so that part or, would just or, or they would be so we, two and so one go, or what no yeah, one, and each one, other. one and one one and one yeah so then the next tiebreaker is the records of the three teams are compared based on winning percentage within the division so that zeroes out because they would have beat everybody but themselves so you're so you're so that's stuck the same back. as the first tiebreaker, right? You're still stuck with your so with you're your still scenario. Stuck at one, one, and one, and one, and one, and one. Okay. Right. So the third tiebreaker is the records of the three teams are compared against the next highest placed teams in the division in order of finish. You still end up in the same place. Well, no, 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 no. I think that's the difference. Read it again. The records of the three teams are compared against the next highest placed teams in the division order of finish. So that, that would the go same. To, no, that would go to the fourth team. So these teams are essentially right, but one, they all two, beat three. the fourth team, so it was still zero out. It says like just just that one team, or well, it says, all the it, says teams? it says next highest placed teams, but they all play in the same division, so it would just even out because they would have beat everybody else except for their so losses to each other. So who would be fourth right now? Like. Iowa, Michigan State, and Northwestern. Or well, something? no, because Iowa and Northwestern are in the West. So, the it West. Would, yeah, so it would probably be. So, what's the fourth time? It would be the Rutgers or Maryland. It would be the Rutgers or Maryland. All right. So, then you got uh, the fourth tiebreaker is the records of the three teams are compared based on winning percentage against all common conference opponents. So, you still zero out because you played the same division opponents and you beat them all. Yeah. So, but the thing here that helps uh, it's out. It's a conference or division. It says conference. So Michigan conference is Big Ten. Right. So Michigan and Ohio State both played Purdue, but Penn State did not. You know, Penn State's the only one that played Iowa. Penn State's the only one that played Illinois. You know. Uh, <laughs> So what's the fifth tiebreaker? Michigan is the only one that played Minnesota. Well, actually, I think Ohio State plays Minnesota later. All right. So then fifth tiebreaker is the records of the three teams are compared based on the best cumulative 
conference winning percentage of non-divisional opponents. So this is where we came to the tiebreaker. This is where we found it. Yeah, we, we got to get all the way down to the fifth tiebreaker. We got to the fifth tiebreaker because Penn State's West opponents are 8-10, and 10, and then Michigan and Ohio State's are both 7-11. and 11. So in that scenario, if it was so today... It, did it say conference or non-conference? It said non-divisional. Non-divisional. So against the West. So they're playing. So their games against the West. So the teams that each one of these teams beat in the West, their record added together. Yes. So it yeah. takes. We're on a fifth tiebreaker. Fifth tiebreaker. So the, yep. So and we haven't even discussed the other potential five teams in this scenario. Yeah. So so Penn State would, if it was today, in that scenario played out, Penn State would have the advantage because their opponents went eight and ten. And Ohio State and Michigan seven and eleven. And if that didn't work, you would go the record or uh, the records of the three teams compared against the highest place non-divisional team. So I guess that would be Iowa or like, but they don't all play Iowa, so you can't do that. So it would come down in- to the, the the record of the division, the Western division, the what. The Big Ten West division opponents that they all played. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which they and don't that have would one. So many people off. But they don't have so one. That, so in that scenario, that. so in that so, scenario, we had Penn State coming out. Yes. But if they make it through all six tiebreakers, then the best overall winning percentage would be deemed the winner of the division. But in our scenario, they're all eleven and one. So, if still tied, the team will be chosen at random. So, Flip I don't know if that's a coin toss or what, but, you know. So, Rock, all right. paper, scissors. Yeah, so there's your scenario. So, then, you know, you got Texas wins out and wins the Big 12. You got Georgia wins out until the SEC championship game, and they lose to Alabama, who has won out. So, Alabama is your SEC champion. And each one of these teams have one loss. Yep. They're 12 and one. And Georgia would be 12 and one as as well because that would be their first loss. Texas is 12 and one because we're assuming that they went out. Uh, Then you got Florida State still sitting there. We'll call them undefeated just to make them undefeated. All right. Then you got the Pac 12. You got Washington and Oregon. So right now, Washington won the head-to-head. They're still undefeated. Oregon has one loss. But in this scenario, they play in the Pac-12 title game, and Oregon wins. So now you got a 12-1 Washington, a 12-1 Oregon, 12-1 Alabama, 12-1 Texas, 12-1 Georgia, 12-1 Penn State, and 12-0 Florida State, or 13-0 Florida State. Okay, this is so... The Big Ten tiebreaker that was just to determine who represents the Big Ten East in the Big Ten championship game, right? What if they lose? So now, so that would so if we said that Penn State, so that would make Michigan and Ohio State both 11 and 1, and then Penn State would win the Big Ten that championship game. Yeah, we'll just say that, but what if they lose? 
If they lose, is the Big Ten completely eliminated? Because now you got to go back to Ohio State because they got the win over Notre Dame. You know, but Michigan I, would have the win over Ohio State. See what I'm saying? Like, so what do you do? Is the Big Ten did the Big Ten just eat themselves? You know, and so, then and then with Oregon and Washington, again, like I said, we'll talk about this. Is like, okay, who fills the stadium? So both of them. So now you got Georgia, Bama. <laughs> This is the, like I hope I really hope this plays out just because we're talking about it now. That way we can like bookmark it. And I just want to see because Georgia, Bama, you got Florida State undefeated. So we got Florida State there in because they're undefeated. Right. That's that's just the that's not because that's Mike's team. It's just we wanted to make it chaotic because yeah well it, well if, if the, Florida the State reason. doesn't go undefeated, it's easy to pull the yeah, ACC they're out. out like they're like, yeah, they're, uh, out. they're out. Hold up, but, but. Pac-12, the up, reason hold up, hold up, that's difficult because Washington's going to be undefeated going into that game, so they're probably going to be third in the college football playoff. Oregon will probably be fifth, so if you but, beat the third-place team, then you got to get in, but if you're like, yeah, we were just up, the third, we just got our wait. first loss, we should be fourth. But wait, now that you brought that up, now that you brought that up, what if Louisville wins out and beats Florida State in the ACC championship game? And they are one loss ACC's. They're number eleven right now in the playoff rankings. And they are going to be eleven. They're going to that would make them twelve and one. Right. So, but do they have enough? What a cash win game? over a number. What is Florida State in the college football playoff right now? They're number Three? four. Four. So Louisville will probably be at eleven and one. Headed into that championship game weekend, they got to be eight, right? Eight or nine? Yeah, because Ole Miss and Georgia play this week. You know, you figure Georgia will win that game. Ole Miss will fall down some. You know, um, then the ACC is getting the <coughs> some other random New Year's Six bowl. But, but see, but not only would Louisville have that win over Florida State. They would also have that same win that we're giving Ohio State credit for with Notre Dame. Notre Dame. You know what I mean? So we can't give Ohio State credit for it, but not give I Louisville guess. credit for it. You now know what I mean? Now you added that. Like, you just that wasn't even there in the original scenario, but when you brought up the whole, like, this is Mike's team, I just wanted to be fair and be like, look, like, you know, this could Louisville could win out. Yeah. So I think Louisville would get left out. So, so that's why I didn't bring them up. But the first like, time. if if you think about it, they shouldn't. It they shouldn't on, get left. It depends on how you want to look at it. Because think about this: so, using Washington or Oregon, either one, you know, they would have a win over each other. They would have a win. Over, both of them would have beat Utah. Both of them would have beat USC. You know, uh, both of them would have beat Oregon State. So those wins right there are already better than anything you could come up with for Louisville. So if I'm on a committee. Because at least Florida is, State got LSU. So I look at it like this. If I'm on a committee, and this is what I'm presented with, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my integrity to make this decision, I would simply have to go with the Power Five winners, so I got to go ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12. I got to start with those five. 
And I got to say, of these five conference champs, who deserves to be one through four? Because you can have, simply because you don't have, I don't have a good argument of why I would leave out a 12 and one Oregon Pac 12 champion to put in a 12 and one SEC runner up, other than they are back to back national champions. As far as like information from this year based on that, that final week, because that final week is those rankings are going to be a combination of the, the ending and the final scores of the championship games. That's going to impact the final ranking. So I got to look at like, well, these are the championship games that were played. So I got to give credits and, and credence to those results. And see, and that's where TCU got lucky last year because they lost the Big 12 championship game to Kansas State. But then once USC lost to Utah again, there was no, there wasn't another one lost team to put in there. So I would assume if we go down, if if it plays out to where Penn State is your Big Ten champ, they're in. Alabama is your SEC champ, they're in. Okay. Louisville is your ACC champ. Oregon is your Pac-12 champ. And then Texas Texas is your Big 12 champ. So I got, I'm going to go Bama 1, just because it's Bama. I would go Penn State two. I'd go Texas three. And <laughs> I had if I if in, in Louisville's twelve and one and Oregon. I think the financial influence of Phil Knight and Nike will get Oregon to four. Well, I think Oregon would get the four just based off of their resume. Cause like I said, they would have beat Washington, USC, Oregon State. But USC fired the defensive coordinator. They've given up 40 plus points to everybody they play for the They're most still part. Ranked, though. Utah, but they still Yeah, but it they won't look at another okay, real quick as I talk think about Texas. If Quinn is still out, that could hurt Texas. Uh, what's the guy's name? I keep Malik name. Murphy. Malik Murphy. If he's if he looks like he's next, if he if he has a a couple of if he has another throw and if he has a throw in a game, and he throws a 60, 65 yard bomb on the money, and he does that for the next couple of weeks to the point where the buzz to see him against these other teams ramp up, then I think Texas can overcome their starting quarterback. Oh, they would do everything in their power to get Texas. And they still still have Arch Manning. And Texas has the win over Bama. Texas has the win over Bama. So it was like Texas would be able to say out loud, like, listen, how you have these guys in? Oh, because our starting quarterbacks hurt. We still got Arch Manning. And we still got Malik Murphy out here throwing 65-yard bombs. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like to add so, on. So, so the problem yeah. with Louisville, the problem with Louisville is 
they would have Florida State and they would have Notre Dame and they would have nothing else. And Notre Dame just lost to Clemson. So, like, that value is going down somewhat. So if Notre Dame loses another game. But if it know, was if it was the other foot, if it was if it was Florida State had an early loss, if they had lost that game in Boston College, but they would have come back and, and beaten Louisville in the championship. I don't think Florida State would get in. I think Florida State would get in because they're blue blood. I think that loss to Boston College would be bad enough that you couldn't justify I, putting If them you in. had to pick Oregon over Florida State and they're in the same boat, I think you would take Florida State. Because you're playing the Oregon. game down south. I would pick no. Oregon. Well, well, I mean, yeah, going off of money. But I mean, because but I'm the, game, the about, game's down south, and you, you'll be able to rationalize. You'll but be I'm able to justify. About, but I'm talking the, about off a of resume. Like, it's possible that LSU, which is Florida State's big win, LSU could end up with four losses. You know what I mean? And, and J.D. Daniels is out now. You know, um, I don't is know if he he's going to play this. Week I don't know if he's going to play this weekend or not. Um, you but know, he's up but, for the Heisman, so that means they might give him the answers to that concussion protocol test. <laughs> they got Florida. That's talking about all the time. They, they they would give each other the answers. Like they, they yeah, give they, the answers to that concussion test. Yeah, they got uh they got the Gators this weekend at home. So you know we'll see. You know, but you know, but if LSU finishes eight and four. And that's Florida State's best win. But if Jaden Daniels finishes the year with 50 combined touchdowns and he's and he's being argued as a Heisman, you know, it'll be like, oh, Brian Kelly can't win down south. It won't be yeah. the team. The team yeah, won't so, be bad. Well, the other it will be, is- oh, they just need a better coach because a better coach would have gotten this team with that Heisman candidate to here. So Florida State didn't beat a bad LSU team that so, went eight and four. So the they good beat news, a team that was coached poorly by this guy from up north. So, so this is where we stand right now. So that was our scenario. That was our scenario. This is where we stand right now. So Florida State has clinched a spot in the ACC championship game. So they're going to be there come hella high water. You know I'm nervous, shaking in my boots. Because we got the Canes coming in this weekend, and I know the Canes aren't good. But what I do know, this is what I do know, is that we are 21 and 16 against Miami in Miami. In Tallahassee, Florida State is 11 and 19 against Miami. So, so <laughs> yeah. Makes no sense. It makes, makes no, no sense. sense. But Louisville, their magic number is one. You know, with a win this weekend against UVA, they clinch a spot in the ACC title game. And if they don't get it this week, they could clinch it next week. You know, um, in the Big 12, you got Texas and Oklahoma State, both 5-1 and one in conference. You got Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, West Virginia, and Iowa State with two losses. Now, this is the key. Texas beat Kansas and Kansas State, lost to Oklahoma. You know, hasn't played West Virginia. They got Iowa State coming up in a few weeks. Oklahoma State beat Kansas and Kansas State. And they beat Oklahoma. And they beat West Virginia. But they lost to Iowa State. So, you know, so, yeah, it's getting wild up in here. Texas is at TCU this weekend. Oklahoma State's at UCF this weekend. So take, take that information for what you will. Bama is in the SEC championship game with a win this weekend at Kentucky. So you know, go ahead and got, book it. 
because they got the head-to-head over Ole Miss. Now, if they lose, Ole Miss still needs them to lose to Auburn as well, so that's probably not going to happen. So Bama, for all intents and purposes, are in the SEC championship game. They're in the catbird seat, if you want to quote Kip Bayless. Yeah, same with Georgia. You know, Georgia's pretty much in the SEC championship game. One more win will get it done. Um, In the Big Ten, you know, we got Penn State hosting Michigan this weekend. Big game, obviously. We got Ohio State hosting Michigan State, you know, and those are the three teams in contention. But in the West. Take the over in Ohio State game. But in the West, we got Iowa at 4-2. We got Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Minnesota at three and three. Iowa has beaten Wisconsin already, but lost to Minnesota. And then the other three haven't played each other yet. So Nebraska, Wisconsin, Minnesota haven't played each other yet. Oregon and Washington. Well, Washington is undefeated in the Pac-12. You know, we all know that they're undefeated. They got... Yeah, they got Utah this week coming into Seattle. You know, they, they still got to play Oregon State. So Washington's not quite there yet. But if they win this weekend, it goes a long way to getting them to the Big 12, I mean, the Pac 12 championship. If game. Utah wins this weekend, that helps kind of like, uh, you know, slice up my little Venn diagram I got popping over here. So, <laughs> like, I think it'd be interesting to see a lot of these one loss teams and see how the committee will respond. But I think the committee will respond in a very simple manner. Yeah. Where they would just kind of pick the top four teams that travel. All right, so we got, so we got uh, Washington. Like I said, Washington is six and zero in conference. You know, Oregon's five and one. But wait, but wait, because sitting there at five and two is those same USC Trojans that go into Austin this week. So if you if you USC Pulls the upset against Oregon this week. They're in second place. You know, you got Oregon State at four and two. Utah at four and two. Oregon State beat Utah head to head. You got Arizona at four and two. Arizona beat Oregon State head to head, but lost to USC. So, you know, we still got some things to play for here. It's not over yet. You know, if Oregon wins this weekend against USC, these guys playing way. for their draft position, or guys going to start, you know, sitting out because of tight hamstrings, yeah, things of that nature. Yeah, so that's where we are. You know what I mean? And I just wanted to give a shout out to Michigan State. They got their first win, you know, since since Mel Tucker got fired. You know, they beat Nebraska. You know, Nebraska fell to five and four. Matt, Matt Rule. I don't know how he he gets a job. Hey, they're five and four. You know, they're they haven't made a bowl game since I think it was 2017 or something like that. So one well, win away. In Colorado, so yeah, one more win. Speaking of Colorado, you know, uh whew. so they got Arizona coming in this weekend. Now, I know it's a little early. We're not making picks today. Correct. But but I'm putting Arizona on upset alert. Why? Not because Colorado's good, it's because. Over the last four weeks, Arizona has played nothing but top 25 teams. You know, they they lost to USC in the overtime game. Correct. They they beat Wazoo 44 to 6. They turned around, beat Oregon State two weeks ago, beat UCLA this past weekend. 
no Dante Moore, of course, you know, talented Dante Moore. But Arizona, I think, is just at the end of playing these four ranked teams in a in a row. They're going on the road. Gonna cruise. Yeah, it could be a schedule loss. It could be a schedule loss, you know. But uh, but yeah, so Colorado, you know, they still have they lost to Oregon State this past weekend. You know, they still have Arizona this weekend. They still go to Washington State. And then, of course, they close with Utah. So, you know, I don't know, five and seven. If, if they don't get if, if they don't get this one, they got to go win at Wazoo, which Wazoo has fallen off from where they started the season. But Pullman is a tough place to play. Yeah. You, you know. So, you know, so we got that. You got Georgia hosting Ole Miss. You know, you got Bama going to Kentucky. You know, so there's a lot of big games this weekend. Shape up Saturday, you know, because it's, be, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be some teams that somebody's gonna pull an upset. Someone's gonna news, be someone's gonna be in the position like you know what this is our weekend. We're gonna news, we're gonna shock the college football playoffs landscape. And the good news is Michigan and Penn State play at noon, so That's we'll so find. Weird. But college know, football just has that; they have that impact where. They're gonna get you in front of the TV. Well, what I but, but we're gonna find out real quick. You know what's going to if 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 we're gonna have some shuffling going on, we are gonna find out real quick. You know, so by three thirty Eastern, we'll know if it's we'll time have to our panic. Topics for Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, like is it time to panic in Ann Arbor? You know, with the NCAA bearing or with the Big Ten commissioner bearing down on you. You know, as Penn State. Can they do it? You know, we're just going to have to wait and see. But on that note, you know, I am 2-5. That is Mr. Logical. You know, we will be back Thursday. We got picks, picks, and more picks. You know what I'm saying? Like Baylor pulled bet out the win over Auburn. Bet against me if, you, if you're smart. Yeah. And then, oh, Whatever and by the way. Whatever and, I've seen, just go ahead and pick a different pick. And by the way, don't forget, I know they're not that good this year, but it's a night game. Texas going to Fort Worth this weekend. Keep your eye on it. So, once again, he is Mr. Logical. I am 2-5. And we love you. Peace.